0: Saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. We'll turn to our second reading from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 19, and commencing at verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be a guest of sinners. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost.
1: Well, thank you for um, your welcome this morning. It's great to be amongst you. And um, Chris, I think, started off what's a two-parter for you in terms of looking at the Ten Commandments. Chris, who was here last week, and he gave you a bit of an introduction, I think, at the beginning uh, of his sermon as to what we're looking at and where this comes from. Um, And actually, the song we've just sung is a real helpful introduction to the Ten Commandments. Grace, grace comes first uh, as we enter into um, listening to, reading through, understanding the Ten Commandments. We we must uh, remember grace. In fact, we're reminded of God's grace as we begin to read the Ten Commandments. So if you've got a Bible, uh, in my Bible it's on page 77, it's Exodus chapter 20. And we see grace mentioned at the beginning of the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20 and from verse 1. Am I coming through sort of loud and clear? Is that all right? Good, good. Verse 1, Exodus 20 says this, And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Grace, he's rescued them. God has just rescued his people from Egypt. Not because they deserved it, but through his own sovereign choice. He's rescued them. And having rescued them, he then tells them how he wants them to live. And you'll know many of the commandments, and you might be wondering which commandment we're going to look at today. Well, we're going to jump to number eight. Number eight, which simply says, You shall not steal. You shall not steal. To steal is to take someone else's property, to take what belongs to someone else. What do we make of this law? I guess the Ten Commandments are familiar to you. I guess uh, you shall not steal. You would probably remember that one as being one of the Ten Commandments. But I wonder how, how much you think of it or what you think of it or whether it's one of those that just bounces off and it's, well, it's for them out there. It's for the shoplifter or the pickpocket or the jewellery thief or the carjacker. Well, certainly the plain reading of command means it does fit into lots of situations and, and certainly some big ones which perhaps are out there. Human trafficking. Exodus 21 verse 16 says, Anyone who kidnaps someone is to be put to death whether the victim has been sold or is still in the kidnapper's possession. All modern forms of trafficking are wrong and are a form of stealing. But the command also applies in much more subtle ways as well. Leviticus 19 verse verse 36 says, Use honest scales and honest weights. Don't cheat people out of money. And perhaps even more subtle ways that start to creep a little bit closer to home. Stealing time or wages off your boss by spending time at work on social media. Or working from home and being distracted by the things of home. Or stealing wages off someone else by not paying them or withholding money from them. Or paying them late. Or stealing money off the government by fiddling or not declaring taxes. Romans 13 verse 77, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. Or stealing a book off a friend by not returning it. Or stealing someone's ideas through plagiarism. Or their music through piracy. Or their film through an illegal download. Or their photo through ignoring copyright. Or change from a shop. Do you remember using change in a shop? Not just contactless, but money. And they give you the wrong change back, and you notice it and you smile as you leave the shop. Or spotting someone's wallet on the train. They've dropped it there and left it there. Or their ox. If you see your fellow Israelites' ox or sheep straying, do not ignore it, but be sure to take it back to its owner. If they do not live near you or you do not know who owns it, take it home with you and keep it until they come looking for it. Then give it back. Do the same if you find their donkey or cloak or anything else they have lost. Do not ignore it, Deuteronomy 22. Do not steal. So there's the plain reading of the command which we understand, but as I was saying before and as Chris took you in that direction last week, with the commandments we can think sort of bigger questions as well. What does this command reveal about God? Remember God had saved his people, he's rescued them from Egypt, he's brought them out to be his people And one of his aims is, with his people, they're now to represent him. Other people, other nations around them, are to look at this group of people, the Israelites, and as they look at them, they're to see something of how they live their lives, what they do. That should reflect something of the God they worship. So what does this command reveal about God? Sometimes with the commands, it's worth asking, what's the opposite of the command? What's the opposite of murder? Giving life. Our God is a God who gives life. What is the opposite of adultery? Faithfulness. Our God is a faithful God. What is the opposite of stealing? I think quite often if we come to that question, we might fall short of the full Bible answer for what the opposite of stealing is. Ephesians chapter four verse 28 says this, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. What's the opposite opposite of stealing? Well, working, why? So that you can be paid or, or have things, why? so that you can give away. What's the opposite of stealing? Giving. Being generous. Our God is a generous, giving God. The wicked, says Psalm 37, borrow and do not repay, which is stealing, isn't it? But the righteous give generously the opposite of stealing isn't keeping your hands in your pockets as you walk past the sweets in the sweet aisle. It's not even paying for what you take from the shop. No, the opposite of stealing is giving, being generous. And our God is the God who keeps on giving. First reading that we had during the service well, no, it wasn't the first reading. We went to Hebrews first, didn't we? But, but then between two songs, Martin read for us from 1 Chronicles 29. It'd be really helpful uh, if you turn to that passage next. So on a little bit in our Bibles to 1 Chronicles and chapter 29. If it helps, in my Bible, it's page 433. Is that matching your church Bibles or not? No? Am I out? It is. Oh, brilliant. Page 433. We're jumping in where uh, the temple is being built or about to be built and gifts are being given for the building of the temple. It is a massive building project. And it's going to cost... A lot of money. But first, David and then the leaders of families give generously to the project. And David's response to this offering is really interesting. David doesn't thank the people for what they've given, David doesn't congratulate the people for what they've given. No, David praises God for what they've given. We'll jump in at uh, verse 10. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And then verse 11 is this real praise of God, giving glory to God for, for who he is and what he's like. But then look at verse 12 over the page. Wealth and honour come from you. The fact that the people have given is only possible because of what they've been given by God. Look on to verse 14. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given only what comes from your hand. And verse 16, Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. David recognised that all they had ultimately came from the Lord from his generosity to them. They were giving out of his generosity to them. Our God is a generous God. And his generosity has impacted you today. He's given you air to breathe today. Most of us haven't thought about that today. We've taken it for granted He's given you food to eat today, drink to drink today. He's given you the beauty of his creation for you to enjoy. Some of us spend money, don't we, on works of art that we can hang on our walls to enjoy, to look at that will bring us pleasure or make our, our homes look nicer. But my guess is many of you, perhaps through the last few weeks, have been on holiday somewhere and something of God's creation has struck you, of perhaps a certain sunset or a, a view of the sea or some mountains. And God's creation is there partly for us to enjoy. James in the New Testament puts it this way, every good and perfect gift is from above. Our God is a generous God and he's given us not just lots and lots of things but ultimately the thing that we need. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The most famous verse in the Bible speaks of God giving being a generous God. Paul follows this thought when he's encouraging uh, the church in Corinth to give. He says in 2 Corinthians 8, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. God in the person of the Lord Jesus is generous to us. Giving up the comfort of heaven, the glory of heaven, to become a man. Living in poverty on this earth. Going to the cross. Why? So that we might gain all. We might gain life and hope and glory and forgiveness and cleansing. Our God is a generous God, isn't he? And the command not to steal takes us there. Do you see that? Do not steal takes us to think that's right because God is generous and if I'm to show what God is like oh, I need to be generous too because he is generous. He is the giving God. Well, what is the command reveal about our hearts? That's the second question. With each of the commands we we have to think first of all well here comes this command. If God has put this in his word it's because we need telling. I need telling not to steal because I'm prone to be greedy. I'm prone to want things for myself and to hold on to things for myself. That's my sinful nature. Rather than being pleased to give what belongs to us away, we're prone to holding on to things to ourselves for our own profit or our own gain. Or indeed to take things from others that we might have more. We're going to visit just a few places in Luke's Gospel just to see how this is worked out in the New Testament, how this is applied to our hearts. So come with me, first of all, to Luke chapter 11 in the New Testament. We're going to jump in at um, verse 37. Let's just pick it up and see what's going on. Verse 37 of Luke 11. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. In other words, beware of fake generosity or or the religious life that can look like you're living a way that would be pleasing to God, but inside there's a heart that's greedy. Greedy. those words being used, isn't it? The greed of our hearts and instead what ought to be taking place, the generosity towards others. Well, come with me to the next chapter, chapter 12. Jesus has been teaching again. There's a crowd again. Verse 13 of chapter 12, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. you imagine the scene? There's a crowd of people. There's, I guess, two brothers standing next to each other, not looking happy with each other. And one of them has, has called out to Jesus. Tell him, Jesus, he's being greedy. I should have my share of the money. Jesus replies, verse 14, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, and Jesus never misses out, does he, on a teaching opportunity for those who are gathered round. Listen in. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. That's a word for us in our culture today, isn't it? Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Our world tells us otherwise. We're encouraged to to keep buying and having and, and gaining and collecting and improving on. But Jesus says, watch out, be on your guard life isn't all about stuff and what you have it will trap you and ensnare you and you'll never have enough and ultimately it won't make any difference to eternity he goes on to tell the story about the farmer who had a bumper crop and thought well i'll build bigger barns and and i can collect more for myself and and he does that and he collects more for himself and then he has a heart attack and he dies And he doesn't gain from all that he's collected or gathered. He can't take any of it with him into eternity. Beware. Be on your guard, says Jesus, for the greed in your heart. But there's more. Uh, From Luke's gospel, there's more. There's hope and help for how we can not just be on our guard, but change. Change from from people who are greedy to people who are generous. And so our our final reading, Luke chapter 19, we pick up the story of Zacchaeus. It is a remarkable story. I guess familiar for those of you who've grown up in the church and perhaps learnt this story as a child, perhaps even sang a song about Zacchaeus. It is an extraordinary story. Jesus enters Jericho and there's this man, Zacchaeus, who lives there. And look at verse 2, he was wealthy, we're told. He was a tax collector and he was wealthy. He was probably despised because his wealth probably wasn't honestly gained often with tax collectors there was the opportunity to line your own pocket to keep hold of some of what you were taking off others but jesus was coming to town and and he's heard of jesus and something of jesus draws him and attracts him and And we all know, I guess Zacchaeus, he's a short guy and there's a big crowd and he wants to see Jesus and he resorts to climbing a tree, which is odd and odd for a man to do in that culture. But he gets in the tree and and Jesus comes along and Jesus sees him and knows his name. Look at verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus come down immediately I must stay at your house today that's grace so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly and all the people saw this and began to mutter muttering about Jesus I guess muttering about Zacchaeus but what happens next shows us the impact the gospel can have Shows us the impact Jesus can have in our hearts. Verse 8, Zacchaeus stands up and says to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll, I'll pay back four times the amount. Notice Jesus didn't tell him to do that. He just does it. It wasn't an instruction, it was an outpouring of the impact that Jesus was having on his life. This man who must have been greedy is transformed into being generous. He makes it up to those he has cheated. He gives half his possessions to the poor. He pays back four times over what he owes anyone. sitting in the the seat over there just looking at the displays on the wall for the school here. Our values transform us, the hungry caterpillar. The gospel transforms us, doesn't it? We see that with Zacchaeus. It's the gospel, it's meeting Jesus, it's coming to know Jesus and, and his heart is changed from a heart that's greedy to a heart that's generous, giving. And as Zacchaeus does that and as people looked at Zacchaeus... They're seeing something of God, aren't they? Zacchaeus, this man who's no longer greedy but now generous, giving away. As they look at Zacchaeus, this new follower of Jesus, Zacchaeus is showing them something of what God is like. The generous God. And that ought to be true of us too. As people look at us, as people see our lives and how we live our lives, it ought to be that that they see and notice something of, of our generosity, perhaps to them or to others, that shows them something of what our God is like. We're prone to be greedy. That's what the Eighth Commandment teaches us. Do not steal. We're we're prone to be greedy. And I think the battle for us, if perhaps at the beginning, like Zacchaeus, perhaps initially there is that that response, that change, I think the battle for those of us who've been Christians for longer is, is how do I keep being aware of that? How do I keep being on guard for the greediness of my heart? How do I keep looking at the gospel and how does it keep changing me? How do I weekly or daily have a fresh understanding of God's kindness to me, his generosity to me, what he has given me that I don't deserve, that my heart is then impacted, that I want to give, that I will help, that whether it's time or money, I'm generous. Some of us with this command might literally need to stop stealing. That's the plain reading. Some of you might need to do that. But for many of us, we need to be dazzled by God's generosity to us. That we might be generous to others. And as we do that, those around us should then see something of what our God is like. He is a generous God.